Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey everyone, John Wertheim is this week's Sports Illustrated slash Tennis Channel Tennis Podcast. Our guest this week, a top 10 player, a two-time Grand Slam champion, and an all-time comeback player. Petrik Vitova is going to spend a few minutes with us. We talk about uh, her hot streak lately. She's won two straight tournaments, her return to the top 10, and her return to tennis more generally. Of course, uh, everyone remembers the the brutal incident that uh, happened to her at the end of 2016. Um, the connection on Skype, not great. She uh, is in Prague. We're in New York. So um, this this is not a great conversation from an audio standpoint, but I think uh, you'll get a sense of Petra where she is and why she is so um, rightly and wildly popular. Um, let's call Prague now. And uh, again, stick with us through the audio. Uh, here's Petra. John Wertheim here. How are you? I am good. Thank you very much. How are you? Good, good. Thanks. Thanks for joining us. Good. Where are you? <laughs> Thank you. I'm in Prague, in Czech Republic. When do you uh, When do you cross the ocean? When do you come over here? On um, Sunday. Sunday. So what What's a week Getting... like this? What, what's uh, you, you have You have a down week after uh, after a successful run and. Then you start Indian Wells and then Miami. What what is it? What is a down week like for you? Um, you know, I think it's something a little bit different for me because I feel like uh, it's a two big events and uh, it's a really big tournament and it's still not a grand slam, so it's, it's a little bit weird if I can say it like that. But on the other hand, it's beautiful. Like both of the tournaments are just great, so it's just amazing to. You know, be in such a nice weather and place, and and so. How are you liking Prague? Uh, it's like minus ten. <laughs> no sympathy here, but uh, I I always thought of you as someone who who did not necessarily like uh, city living. How uh, how, how's it going for you? 
Um, you know, I'm trying. I, I know that the, sometimes it's not the, just the best, but on the other hand, I think everything is just improved. And with all those experiences, um, to, to like it more, for sure. I don't really, um, you know, think that it's uh, that bad. <laughs> <laughs> Prague is a nice city. Um, do, do you know, I'm curious, do you know what you're ranked right now? Do, do you know your ranking? I think it's Nine. Nine. Very good. Um, you, you never know which which players follow this and which uh, and which don't. But no, you're you're back in the top ten. You um, yeah. You, you told us at, at Tennis Channel. You told us once. You said you you're, you play your best tennis when you're uh, when you're happy. What's what's your happiness level these days? That's true. Um, I think I'm playing the best when I'm when I have my like peace and calm. And everything at the same time, which is not really easy in the life of tennis player. But um, you know, the happiness for me right now is just that I'm happy and I can play tennis. And of course, it's when that uh, that I, I reach that level that I can play. That I wanted to just more uh, to play better and and so so. Um, right now, I'm pretty happy, obviously, not because I'm playing well or I won a tournament, but I think that like my game improved, and that's that's what matter for me. Why Why do you think that is? I mean, you're 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 on a two tournament win streak, and you're 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 back in the top ten. What feels different? Um, it's it's great. I think in this time last year, I couldn't really believe that this can happen, and not even a year uh, from my comeback. So, like for me, it's like a Kind of still dreaming. Um, I can really um, think it's it's true because I went to Saint Petersburg um, for the watch card, and uh, obviously it, it was indoors, so I pretty like those events playing indoors. But in Doha for me was like great, great achievement. I couldn't really, you know, understand how many great players I beat in the tournament, and uh, that's. This made me very happy as well. So everybody's going to come to uh, the desert, but by this time next week, you'll, you'll probably be at Indian Wells. We're recording this on a Thursday. W- what's the bigger adjustment? Is is it going from, from indoors and fast courts and, and Doha to the different courts they have in Indian Wells, or, or is it crossing an ocean and nine time zones? Well, it's no bit different, for sure. Like, Indian Wells is a different time. Um, it's balls, it's surface, it's like everything is just different for me, and um, it's a great tournament game. So um, I've been there in quarterfinals, one or two, twice probably. Um, but like it's it's different. I think during the day it's a little bit warmer than in Doha, but need to say that in Doha wasn't that bad this year. I was surprised. Um, but in general, it's just different climate as well. And you you've played night matches there, haven't you? Where some, sometimes you you start a yeah. match at four in the evening, and it's you know it's it's well, I'm in Fahrenheit, but you know you'll, you'll start at four o'clock, and it'll be eighty five degrees, and then by the time you finish at six thirty or seven, and the sun starts to go down, it's twenty degrees colder. Yeah, that's right. Uh, that's But as I said, I think that this year was much more warmer than the years which I remember. Um, it was still about like 22, 25 degrees, and it was just great climate. Uh, it was a little bit windy, um, but uh, like 
warm was was perfect. It was perfect conditions for tennis, um, except a few times when the wind uh, pick up. So, yeah. Good, good, uh, good, good for you. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering. You, you've been through. You, you mentioned it. You've been through a lot these last uh, fifteen or sixteen months. Um, I mean, first, where are you physically? I mean, so, some of this is gripping the racket, but just timing and movement. I mean, where do you feel like you're back to where you were um, physically? Um, I don't think so. I still think that I can still improve. Obviously, when I came back, I could never imagine to play in this level uh, yet. But um, I think uh, I'm not playing still the best tennis, which I think I can show. But on the other hand, I, I still play good, which is the most important thing. And the, as well that I stayed healthy during all three weeks when I played Fed Cup as well. So uh, it was pretty good. You, you you think you can still play better? You, you're not playing your best tennis yet. I think not yet. Yeah, I still can be better player. I think. <laughs> what what about the feel you have with the racket? I mean, you you said in Australia. I think I think you said you still can't make a clenched fist, and you, you still don't have a hundred percent feeling. Has that gotten better? Yeah, it's getting better. Uh, it's pretty slow, but on the other hand, I think it's better slow than nothing. So. Uh, that's true that I'm still not like doing my fist bump properly, and uh, I don't really feel two two ends of my two fingers. So it's uh, it's pretty weird on the other hand. But uh, um, you know, I'm with it uh, almost a year already. So I teach myself probably how to uh, to kind of compensate that because it's not pretty. Uh, pretty easy to play tennis without feeling um, hand and have. A, I'm I'm glad that the strength is back, which is probably the most important thing. And we'll see how everything will be uh, afterwards. Are you? Are have you made any changes to your racket or to the strings to compensate? No, I I didn't. Uh, we had some like chat with my coach uh, to see if. I should change something or something, but um, I didn't want to. I just I wanted to be playing as I played before, and if that is not possible, then I'm gonna change something. But uh, from the beginning, I played the same as before, and so far was was okay. So um, I believe that it's everything fine. You, you're you're in the top ten. It's uh, what, what about um. What about the scars that that we can't see? How how are you doing emotionally? Are are you sleeping okay? Um, <laughs> I don't really have a trouble because of it. Uh, you know, it's not my debut in top ten, so I probably uh, know a little bit how everything wor- works out there on the in the top ten. Um, I I think it's a little bit more pressure for sure, definitely uh, to be. Uh, pretty high, which I am after after a long time, and uh, more from the time I'm more happy to be there than to be just um, thinking badly about that. Right. What, what What are some of the things? I mean, I've I've heard you say this, and and people who have been through trauma often say this that they they have a new appreciation for for passions and for people. What What are some of the things you're appreciating more? I think it's everything, not just not just in the tennis. Um, like for me, it's probably more just to be here, uh, 
to be able, you know, to <laughs> breathe and uh, kind of this thing with which, uh, everyone is, but it's just a kind of weird situation. You really can see the differences between when you are here and when you are not here, which I think was the biggest um, experience which I had in the past. So I'm pretty appreciating for everything, for every morning and um, to seeing my family and, and friends is just something really uh, great for me. I, I think something that struck a lot of people was the relationships you had with other players and, and how they had reached out and at Indian Wells last year, there, there was a, I'm, I'm sure you saw it, there was a cardboard cutout uh, of you that, that all the players signed. What did the support you got from the other WTA players, what did that mean to you? Um, you know what, it was just great. I couldn't really believe that something like this can happen. Um, it was such a nice to see all the messages and all the kind words from, from my colleagues and from the tennis family. And I really felt like a, we are tennis family. And uh, it was something really, uh, really great for me because um, it was just, you know, when they are really uh, saying some nice words about you and uh, that uh, they are missing me and, and just uh, something really nice. And I think that made me miss tennis a little bit more as well. That, that your colleagues uh, were, were, were so kind and compassionate. Yeah, for sure. I'm very happy to be part of it. L let me ask you a question that, that was, uh, doesn't affect you directly. But um, this week, big announcement about Davis Cup. So it's, it's only a proposal. It's not, uh, it's, it's not final yet. It still needs to be voted on in August. But instead of Davis Cup ties home and away, there's going to be... One week of Davis Cup, winner take all. Everybody's going to go to a location. It looks like it would probably be Singapore. You, you don't obviously play Davis Cup, but what, what do you think of that? What, what uh, do you think that'll work? Well, yeah, I'm hearing. I didn't really know what's happening in the Davis Cup, but I just heard that it's playing in the one week. Uh, I'm not sure about the Fed Cup, but I understand like that the ITA for whoever. It's idea from they are trying to uh, do it easier for the for the players. Uh, we like everyone knows that the schedule is pretty tough and it's just really uh, tough to play every tie. Um, and uh, probably, well, hopefully, will work. Will work. But uh, like my opinion for the Fed Cup is that. I, did, I, I didn't want it, this kind of thing in Fed Cup. I like to play home, and I like to uh, enjoy my team for a week. And We have three more yeah. questions, three, three questions we had from readers this week um, that, okay. that, that we're excited to hear that you are coming on. Um, so, so one tennis fan wants to know, do you feel like the opponent matters? And by that I mean, Petra, you have so much power to hit through anyone do you feel like every match is on your racket? That's an interesting. It's um, sort of like, sort of like Serena. Do you do you feel like you can? It's it's up it's up to you whether you win or lose. Do you do you feel that? Yeah, I do feel that. I think like most of the time, like ninety nine percent of it, it can be like that. Of course, when you meet someone on the 
at a court who is really playing like unbelievable, you can't really do anything against. But I think in my game, it's kind of when I'm playing well and I'm really, you know, I'm healthy and I'm physically prepared and, and mentally, I think that it's uh, most of the time it depends on me, which I think one side is great because it always depends on me and I don't really need to see the other girl, which is good. Um, not not a lot of players can say that, but uh, no, I think you're right. And uh... <laughs> It's true. <laughs> All right, this one says, uh, Petra, this may be too personal, but I think it will help a lot of people in their own recoveries. What help you? What helped you most to make you feel better about things? Was there was there one thing that helped you, uh, especially in your in your recovery, to feel to feel safe or to accelerate your recovery? Um, I think it was a, it wasn't just one people. I think it was a, all people around me because without them, probably I'm not as strong. Uh, normally I'm pretty like positive person, but I think everyone helped me like from my family to my team, my coaches helped me a lot. Uh, you know, they, they were with me from really from the beginning and, uh, it was just, um, it was pretty tough. Um, I had few times which I, I was like thinking if I can do that, um, and they were there every time to say yes, you can. So look, when I had like those bad bad things in my mind, they were there and support me a lot. And they traveled with me as well, so we were like trying not to think too much about. Um, I had my mental coach, or I still have my mental coach for for uh, for better better feeling. And uh, obviously, I still do have some flashbacks past what what happened but it's much better are, are, are you sleeping okay now are you sleeping through the night yeah i'm sleeping okay thank you <laughs> I, I noticed you 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 used the past tense in that answer um which, which i think i think says a lot the uh the other question says dear petra don't worry you're very nice and that's why so many fans love you but do you sometimes worry you're too nice do you worry you're too nice? Um, I don't know. <laughs> of course, that I have my bad moods sometimes, but I don't think that I'm angry or something like that. Um, I think that everyone is just sometimes is not feeling great, which I think I'm not not uh, not expectant. And um, so, yeah, for sure, sometimes I'm not just laughing every time, but just. Uh, trying to solve my problems or my feelings for sure <laughs> um this is great i appreciate this next time we'll have a better skype connection but um i i think yeah i, 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 <laughs> I know i i know i speak for a lot of people when when, when i say we're uh we're, we're thrilled to see you thriving thrilled to see you in the top 10 and uh let's let's improve on that that quarter final in uh, indian wells let's see if we can improve yeah. on that okay thanks a lot for that Thanks Thank so you. much. See you in a few days. Take care. Thank you. Bye. All right. That does it for this week. Thanks to uh, Patrick Vitova for spending some time with us. Apologies for the uh, audio. We blame Skype. We love Skype, but uh, Skype did not do us right, uh, did it, Jamie Lasanti? No. Bad connection. Bad connection. Um, let's bring you in. We had. Uh, we keep having 
readers uh, say we need more Lasanti. Um, I'm happy to oblige by that. Thank you, readers. Nice conversation, no? Yeah, she's so sweet. Very Every sweet. time we dropped the call, she answered with the same happy hello. Yeah, exactly. You thought nice. we were uh, call- calling to deliver uh, the, the Connecticut lottery winning. She was uh, <laughs> She was happy to talk to us. Um, I mean, she's obviously been through uh, an awful lot, and she's she's spoken about it to some extent. Um, a, a quote I found, which um, I did not ask her about, but I've started to live with my new hand. I've started to try to like it, to love it. That's how I'm going to think of it. That's... Um, that, that's heavy stuff. You you prepare for a lot when you're a professional athlete, but um, being being stabbed on your dominant hand is is not one of them. Um, I kind of forgot about this, but I mean, she surprisingly came back last year at the French Open, right. so it hasn't even been a year yet that she's been back on tour. I mean, it seems like it's been there's been so much happening that it seems like it's been longer than that. But once she returns to the French Open, I mean, it'll only be a year. That's remarkable that she's already back in the top 10 she already feels this way you feel like she's kind of gotten over the psychological humps who knows what will happen uh then right after that of course we have wimbledon and she's a two-time, two-time champion. champion um yeah i think you know i i liken it a little bit to uh you know we talked to michael Stieck a few weeks ago who said i never envisioned myself as a pro tennis player i've had this conversation with james blake same thing just he was 16 17 years old figured he'd play tennis in college and go get a job on the one hand, that's a great relief that um, you you don't feel as though you're you're playing to fulfill these Wimbledon dreams you had as as a, a ten year old, and at the same time, you know you're, you're James Blake and you lose a tennis match and how devastated are you? Hey, life's life's pretty good. I never thought I would be here anyway. Um, I wonder if that some of that isn't the same. I mean, how, how upset at this point in the game can Petra Kvitova get over say her her first round exit in Australian Open? At the same time, uh, boy, she must be thrilled to. Uh, just be back to where she is, winning events. You know, she's she's beaten Wozniacki when she was number one. She's I mean, she's beaten terrific players this year. Beaten basically everybody you'd want to beat, um, Serena notwithstanding, already this year. So um, Muguruza, Muguruza, exactly. Um, interesting, uh, in, interesting dynamic. Uh, what what do you think? We talked a bit about this Davis Cup announcement, which was sort of the big tennis news. I, I wrote about poor uh, poor Francis Tiafo, who uh, had a terrific week of tennis, beat Del Potro, won his first title. Um, we're right. 20 year old American. He actually just switched agents. We learned within the last hour, Jamie. Um, but it was completely, uh, obscured by this big Davis cup, uh, news. That is a, the, the rare radical change that tennis tends not to, uh, to traffic in. Um, again, this is only a proposal. It's not official yet. Um, it already seems to be getting a, a bit of pushback, but it does seem as though we may have a one week winner take all shootout. That's a lot different from the current format. What do you think of that? Um, at the bare minimum face value, I thought kind of like what you said in the column that change was needed. So change is good. A proposed change is good. Uh, the one thing that, um, you also brought this up that I thought was like, like you said, the sort of, you really see it in all of the photos and the reactions from the players. Um, the real dynamic that happens when you have, you know, country A versus country B in this other place. And um, that sort of creates the whole atmosphere and the environment. So the one thing that will be lost is that when you have, like you said, if, if it's played in Singapore or wherever it's played in. So um, that is a concern. But I think that, um, you know, Labor Cup showed us, showed us that that kind of model where it's one weekend still can bring that, you know, can bring players together in that way. Um, the team competition is, seems to be something that tennis players kind of really have an urge for and, and a liking for. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm on board. 
Change is good. Yeah, exactly. It's also, I mean, I, I have to say, and I, I think this is something tennis should pause for a moment and uh, smile when they consider. I mean, there's there's a lot of money. I mean, this was this was a big, big, big investment. Um, you know, p- players on winning teams can win six figures easily. Uh, the amount of money being ponied up is just is just tremendous. But uh, no, we'll see. I mean, I, I I worry at some level. I don't think there are a ton of facilities that can accommodate this. First of all, I mean, you're talking about more than a hundred players on site. I get you know somewhere like Indian Wells might be able to do it, but there, there's a finite number of facilities that can can accommodate this. And I also, like you said, I mean, you see this sometimes in in World Cup or Olympics when it's pick two countries, uh, you know, the, the Netherlands against Paraguay in Singapore. I I don't think that's a raucous, uh, heavily populated stands we're talking about. Right, but but. On the other hand, when there is a World Cup, and talk about soccer specifically, I mean, people come out in droves to watch those matches and to, you know, support their countries and their teams and their players. So, I don't know. There's an argument for the other side there. But I think the fact that those places are chosen many years in advance and there's all this qualifying that leads up to it. So, there is this sort of building of buzz that leads up that maybe this doesn't have because of the cluttered calendar that already exists in tennis. So... That that seems to be like an issue that they need. Well, that, to. I mean, that was one of the problems with the current format. Is the the U.S. would play in September, and if you know, if we win, great. Let's go chase an arena and see where we can uh, get get a weekend. Right. But we have to install a court, and we need it for a full week. Very um, very confusing. And if we very lose, strange. we don't need that arena. So uh, it's it's interesting. It's it's a big change. I I kind of wish they started. I think one of the great advantages to Labor Cup was that it was held in Europe, where really become central the sports hub, yeah, yeah central hub and all the players have one hour flights and you have a built-in fan base and you've got roger federer and nadal big difference between holding a tennis event in europe and flying everyone to a S- singapore where there's no tennis tradition they haven't shown a, a great track record bringing out fans for the women's event there great that it's a tv product great that there's money but um boy it's it's going to be interesting um let me ask you a general question I feel like I want to, I want to reveal. Uh, let's talk about Jamie a little bit. Um, I, I am oh dazzled and I'm, I'm blown away by how quickly you have picked up this sport and you know things like Petra Kvitova, two-time Wimbledon winner, without looking it up. You you did not have before Sports Illustrated. You did not have a huge tennis background. You weren't a I was junior not a, player. No, I uh, grew up playing soccer, basketball, no tennis. I got put in anything and everything that could release energy and give my mom a bit of sanity when I was younger. Uh, but no tennis. Um, I have really learned to love the sport over the years, I have to say. No, you're, no, you you're very say, much to, why? I mean, you're very you, much to thing for you that. You worked with, uh, with, with Courtney Wynn. You really have... Right, um, and Courtney also helped. You, you have now a knowledge and an interest and a passion, and you know these names. And you, I mean, how did you consume a sport how did you sort of binge on tennis and get to the point where you are in a very short period of time having a tv at your desk at work every day is very helpful uh when everyone else is watching you know name, sports name center tech, uh, tennis channel <laughs> or whatever i yeah i can turn on the tv and and watch whatever's on whether it's a replay or whatever's happening at that moment um i mean i just really needed to and wanted to dive into a beat and just in terms of like being a journalist and so you kind of go in and you read everything you can and you listen to who you can and when you get an interview opportunity you take it and you ask and do all the research that you can and I feel like that's what I did. 
Good, mm. good lessons. But, the, but I, feel, I don't I feel like, like talking sport, about this stuff. Can no, we go back to like, talking about I feel like it's interesting that A, the sport grew on you. Right. And uh, B, you sort of got up to speed. I also had to convince family and friends uh, that tennis was much more interesting than, than they thought because I did, I did not grow up in a family that watched tennis. Um, you know, maybe Wimbledon was on during the summer, uh, you know, during July 4th weekend. But besides that, I mean, I grew up watching the NBA and the NFL. So when I needed to turn on the TV to tennis every, you know, every weekend and weeknight, um, convincing those around me. So I had to come up with some good case fours on, you know, why you should watch this player, why, you know, it seems like it might be boring, but it's really not, I swear. I, I feel like uh, we, we don't have to talk about you anymore, but I feel like there's something good. instructive here. I feel like really t- tennis needs to reach out to people exactly like you. I'm calling you a millennial. I'm blowing your cover. But people, ne- tennis needs to figure out a way to get people like you captivated. Um, it's interesting to me how so, some of this was professional, but right. I think you generally like tennis. All right. Um, last question. I am leaving Monday night, so I don't know what we're going to do podcasting-wise. I think uh, I think I may have a, um, a, a session blocked out in person with a player in the desert. But uh, let's do a quick, quick uh, Indian Wells preview. Unfortunately... Predicting events now, you need this great caveat in bold and underlined saying who is healthy. We just learned that uh, Stan Wawrinka pulled out. Nadal Um, Nadal is is a big question mark for uh, the foreseeable future. Roger Federer is your defending champion, winner of the previous major, has been fairly well rested since uh, Roger. Yeah, it's completed the Sunshine Double last year. I don't, I, I don't know. I mean, um, it would be nice if we had a new winner. If uh, pick, pick pick a name out of the high. If Dimitrov or Zverev, I mean, pick pick your name. Um, Azarenka, wild card into Indian Wells. Interesting wild card. Um, that was intriguing. Obviously, that was news. You know, a few weeks ago, but I think she'll obviously bring a lot of attention. Um, you know, everyone's kind of curious about her situation, what her tennis is like at this point. I mean, we haven't seen her play in now. How long has it been? Oh, for Azarenka. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I six months, longer than that. But, uh, boy, last summer, I guess. Yeah. So that's one uh, one thing interesting for me. Um, I know you're talking men. I don't know if uh, maybe Federer may have some challengers. I don't know if he can do the back-to-back. I um I you say that intuitively and I think you're right. And then you go down the list. Yeah, and I, um, I don't know. I mean, in, in a high-stakes shootout match, do we think? Pick again, picking as Vera Dimitrov. I mean, do we think I, I'm interested to see a few things? I'm interested to see um, Francis TFO coming off this uh, this this big win. Mm-hmm. We'll see about the health and fitness of various players. Milos Raonic. I mean, there are a lot of players who um, Nishikori. Where, where are they at? Where are they physically? I think this Ryan Harris and Donald Young uh, dispute, unfortunately, might resurface in, in the desert. I think Azarenka is a storyline. Where is Maria Sharapova? I mean, I, I think there are a lot of sort of sub-stories, but I'm not sure, uh, you know, I, I honestly, you, you sounds silly to say this, but is, is this not Roger Federer's event to lose almost? Right. Well, like you said, you kind of go down the list and the big players who would challenge him normally, the Nadals and the Rinkas and the Djokovic's and all of those players are struggling with injuries right now and so then this kind of seems like either roger federer or one of these kids you know be it 
Shapovalov or maybe even a Kyrgios or someone like they have an opportunity to come up and and win some big matches and depending on how the jaw shakes out so no you're right I mean Kyrgios beat Djokovic last year in the desert terrific match I mean just just a clean comprehensive win now Kyrgios is is a bit dinged up himself but anyway it uh there will be matches there will be the bad news is the injuries the good news is there will be matches and winners and trophies and storylines so we will uh be in the desert next week that will do it for this week. Jamie, pleasure. All of the fans who want more Lasanti, I think they're going to go home happy today. Thanks to Patrick Fitova for spending a few minutes. Uh, apologies for the audio. And uh, thanks to all you for listening, for your suggestions. We'll have some uh, some new guests coming up uh, in March. Do you want to take us out with uh, where you can get this podcast? You can get this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, however you listen to them, on your phone, on the train, in your car. Uh, and leave us a review so we know what you like and what you don't like. Great. That does it for this week. Keep listening. Keep listening. Exactly. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Jamie. And uh, we'll do it again next week. Thanks, everyone. Mm-hmm.